independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. What will be the big issue at midterms? Is it going to be the economy? Of course, the economy. Stupid. The economy, well, just like everything else, sometimes you play a stupid game, you win a stupid prize, and stupid can hurt. Inflation is way too high, and it's essential that we bring it down, and that's something that Americans feel every day, and I think it's what's causing uh, them tremendous distress. Yeah, yeah. Individuals who are paying more money, well, that causes tremendous distress. Uh... There's no doubt about that, right? You're paying a lot more money for stuff that you didn't pay a lot more money for, oh, two years ago. Now we're worried about a potential another issue when it comes to our supply chain. It has nothing to do with global impacts of stuff. It has to do with the the, the railroad folk maybe going on strike. Uh-oh. But the economy, stupid, is, is, is there. It's not going anywhere. We know that. Is it abortion? Well, some Republicans are shying away from the the abortion issue right now, and there's a reason for that. The reality is it's easy to scream and yell when you don't really have to worry about any repercussions, right? So I always, like, both sides love to to, to yell at each other and to say things because they always kind of feel like, eh, it's nothing to worry about, right? Nothing's going to change because we're the people of the power to change it. And so they're like those two dogs that are always barking at each other through a gate or a sliding glass door. But finally, the gate or sliding gas door opens, and they both put their tails in, and they kind of slink away. Or, or it's because well, there's now repercussions, and the worry is that it's going to hurt them. Do I think it's going to hurt them? Depends. People become much more of an issue voter on a singular issue if things are great. It's easy then. Right. Your job, you're not worried about it. You got money in the bank. You're not worried about the kids. There's no pandemic. Life is awesome. Gas is like 220 or 250 a gallon. Things are just amazing. Guess what? Easy to be an issue voter at that time. Hard to be an issue voter when you're like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pro-life or I'm pro-choice, but I'm also pro-paying my bills, pro-keeping my job. Those things will supersede everything else. And then there's stuff that's just left out there to dangle, like immigration. Not talked about the way it should be, and ignored by pretty much everybody. Last week, Lori Life just, you know, she's, by the way, uh, very much a person who screams and yells like all these other uber-progressives in these big blue cities about being sanctuary cities or states and all of these great things that they are right because this is this is what they are they're they're sanctuary they're ready to welcome people in as long as they don't come well i don't think this is what we stand for i think it's decidedly unpatriotic i understand the pressures uh, that the people of texas and some of the other border states are under we see that on a daily basis but the thing to do is not this this is creating a human crisis and treating people without dignity, without respect, it's not what we are as Americans. And it's, pr- frankly, another demonstration of unpatriotic um, conduct on the part of the governor of Texas. Yeah, that was her last week, you know. But then they've got these, uh, well, they got people bust there. Oh, my God, Chad. They're bu- yeah, they're bust there. 
right? Because they're evil and bad. You know, Texas governor and and governor here, uh, uh, you know, Ducey in, in Arizona. Eh, they they bust people there because it was a political stunt that turned out to be, quite frankly, hilariously entertaining for everybody who lives on the border who says, okay, we've had enough of this. You guys don't understand what our towns, what our little communities go through. You don't have any understanding of any of these things because you live in 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 a faraway land, if you will, that is really untouched by any of this. So they bust a few to to you know to DC and 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 the mayor Bowser freaks out. Oh my God, I can't believe all this stuff's happening. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? They freak out about that, right? You know, because it's immigration. And they're not used to immigration, illegal immigration. So Chicago gets a few, not a ton. Like, take a thimble into a pool, fill it up, and then pour it halfway out, and then pour it another halfway out, and that's what they've got that has been bust to them. A sanctuary city, a a place that is welcoming to all kinds. And you come here, you have nothing to fear. What, 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 what did they do? Now Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot facing backlash for funneling those migrants out of her sanctuary city and into the suburbs. Yeah, a lot of irony here. And the mayor of Burr Ridge, Illinois, said that he was not given any notice that over 60 migrants would be sent to his town. They were dropped off at a hotel where they will stay for at least 30 days. Mayor Gary Grasso called out Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot for hypocrisy. He's treating these human beings like freight. So wait a minute here. You complain about busing people. You live in an area which you claim to be is a is a place of of welcome, uh, welcoming everybody, including people here illegally. And in doing so, when they arrive, you declare a state of emergency and then you ship them somewhere else i just i want to understand that you ship them somewhere else there must be vacant hotel rooms in chicago this is hundreds of people in a city of millions why are they sending them out to the republican suburbs mayor lightfoot says that part of her issue with texas governor greg abbott sending migrants to so-called sanctuary cities like hers is that city officials aren't briefed on their backgrounds and and like we don't need to know exactly what's what so that we can make sure that we have proper accommodations for them all this is about is a manufactured political crisis oh is that what it is no what it's about is the reality of a crisis that this this administration has failed tremendously on which is the the border Last week, I spoke to a Doug Nichols, who's the mayor of uh, Yuma, and he laughs when he hears this stuff. And he says, you know, all these people come here and they, you know, everybody thinks that everybody who come here applies for asylum because you'd be surprised. At least in Yuma, it isn't as big as you think. It's not 100 percent. It's more in the 30 range. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. They feel that, well, Biden is in charge. And he is allowing all of this stuff to happen. It is hilarious. Completely ignored, though. Have you heard anything about this? No. You watch Fox. You may hear about it. You may hear about it here and a few other places. Because nobody's paying attention to the fact that we've had probably, when all is said and done this fiscal year, 
close to probably three plus million people, if not more, that have come across the border. Some of them applying for asylum. Some of them apparently just crossing the border and not applying for asylum. And some of them are what they call getaways or gotaways. Couldn't catch them. We chased them. They got away. Oh. You're upset because there's a few and you didn't we didn't vet them, right? How do you think small communities feel? Very, very upset and absolutely shocked by the hypocrisy of the likes of Chicago, New York, DC. Now, two more buses arrived today in New York City. They appear to have been sent by the city of El Paso rather than the governor's office. In total, more than 2,200 migrants have arrived in New York and close to 8,000 here in D.C., where Mayor Muriel Bowser was asked if President Biden was partially to blame. Yes, the president, the White House, and anybody else who was involved in the National Guard not being granted for the district's humanitarian response. Yes. A Democratic mayor at that. Yeah, but what she's talking about is not the mess at the border. She's talking about not giving the opportunity for the National Guard to help them in their response to 8,000 people showing. What are we going to do? Just to let you know, a vast majority of these people stay less than a day there, and then they go on and leave. Oh, oh, yeah. Welcome to what everybody else has to deal with along these border towns. Welcome. It's a nightmare. You don't hear about it. Oh, you hear about abortion all day. You'll hear about uh, the evil. You'll hear about January 6th till you're, you're blue in the face. You'll hear about all of these things. But you won't hear about the fact that we have a true issue at the border. And blaming everybody else is what they're doing, not solving any problems, not wanting to solve a problem, and much like with abortion, not uh, for a good long time not having to. Because the problem is the thing that makes them money, gives them power. But for everybody else who has to deal with the fact that they're not interested in solutions, border states, communities that are are, are struggling to, to, to get by, who are seeing their their resources stretched to the point it's beyond breaking, it's broken now, well, you'll just have to deal with it because, well, politicians are fine with what's going on because, well, they're enjoying the opportunity to raise funds off of it. What a nightmare. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program, a lot of stuff to get to. Queen still not with us anymore. Got a king. Uh, now the third, Charles the third. Of course, we got to talk about how evil they are. Cardi B makes me laugh. The Wendy's employees, two of them, to get out of work. What they have done is so spectacular. Uh, it makes you think. Mm, why don't you just kind of work a little bit harder at your gig? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You could have, you know, worked a bit harder. Things would have been a little bit easier, maybe. Plus, Mike Lyons joins us bottom hour. Talk about the offensive. Ukraine is taking back stuff. How long does this offensive last? And what do the Russians do? Are they getting desperate? A lot of stuff to squeeze into. EdenPureDeals.com. Go there right now. Get yourself great deals on an air.
purifier. The best around. One that won't mask odors, right? So they're not into masking odors. So many of those ones that you get, and it's like, it's great. You pour this little stuff in here, and then the place that stink doesn't stink anymore, but it smells like something else. But then once this thing stops, it still stinks. That's not what Eden Pure is about. Eden Pure is exactly the opposite of that. They're about destroying the odors. So once, well, the Eden Pure is not running, guess what? The odors are gone. Or maybe you're thinking, hey, this room smells fine now. I need to move this somewhere else. And move it, you can't. Small, out of way, no filters to buy. The OxyLeaf 2 Thunderstorm is truly, truly amazing. It is. I've got it in my house. I've got it in my new studios. Uh, they're incredible, and they destroy so fast the odors. You will smell the difference in moments. Right now, get your Eden Pure Oculeve 2 Thunderstorm at a price that's right, kids. We're going to save you money because that's what we do here on the Chad Benson Show. You're going to save $200 by using code CHAD3 at EdenPureDeals.com. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code CHAD3. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. I've been helping so many people for so many years. I never have helped out so many people for the past seven, eight months. And I remember something, right? Let me tell you something. A couple of months ago, I was helping um, a cousin get an apartment, right? And now I'm helping somebody else get an apartment. Bro, I was looking at some areas, the way that the prices soar up, the way the way that the prices soar up, because the rent is really high, even in the hoods. <laughs> Cardi B is awesome because she just says whatever she wants to say, whatever she feels at that moment. Uh, there is, you know, you have to worry about transparency. She's as transparent as it gets. You know one thing that people was coming at me every single time that we saying that something bad in the economy is happening? And people be like, well, you was the one that told people to vote for Joe Biden. But this is the thing, right? After the pandemic, I knew that this shit was going to happen. I knew we was going to have a financial crisis. And the thing about it is that this is not only in America. It's all over the world. All over the world, bitch. This is insane. And I want to, that I get it. Don't ever think I'm one of these rich people that don't, don't get it. She gets it, guys. Don't you ever forget that she gets it. Whatever it is, she gets it. So happening everywhere. Yeah, inflation is everywhere. Now, our inflation has been much higher. Luckily, the Brits are catching up to us. But one thing I love about Cardi is, let's remember, we need to thank her. Like, how are people surviving? I want to know. I, You know, like, my family and my friends, they're so grateful to have me. But it's just like, <laughs> yo, what happened to people that don't have a me? What's going on with the people that don't have a me? I don't know. That's pretty awesome. It reminds me of, uh, was that Great Balls of Fire movie? Where, uh, uh, I think it was Dennis Quay. No, it was uh, Randy. No, it was Dennis Quay, not Randy. Randy's crazy. It's, but hilarious. It was Dennis Quaid, right? He's playing, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry Lee. And his cousin is one of the great pastors, right? And he's he preaches on his car, and he comes over, and he gives his, and his car's broken down. 
And Jerry Lee's got a big hit. He rolls on over and he, he gives his cousin keys to a brand new car. And he's like, praise God. He goes, don't thank God. Thank Jerry Lee. There you go. What about people that don't have a me? That don't have a me. What about those people? 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show's your Twitter. Tweet us. Text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. The queen is still no longer with us. Oh, Chad's not. I'm just being honest. Right? That's all I'm saying. I'm just throwing it out there. And it's very interesting because I was reading this, <laughs> I was reading this thing where, if you guys don't know this, the 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 queen, or as ever they, they had, has, they have bees. And the beekeeper had to come to Buckingham Palace, right? So they come to Buckingham, they had to go to the, the, this, this area within Buckingham Palace, to the hives. And form all of the bees that the queen is dead, which the bees said, first of all, we've got plenty of queens here, so I don't know what you're talking about. Secondly, then they had to tell the, the bees that their new master is King Charles III. And then they put ribbons on the hives. I'm not making this up. Chad Benson. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. It does appear that Ukraine is moving forward in Kherson, in other parts of the East. Um, Is this the beginning of a campaign to roll back the Russian invasion of February 24th? You know, the main goal is deoccupation. We just cannot allow Russia to continue the same occupation that they started back in 2014. Yeah, uh, the Russians, I think, were surprised, uh, even though didn't seem to be anybody else was surprised, of what took place, uh, because the offensive is there. Joining us now, Mike Lyons, retired major for the Army, and, of course, our military analyst. It was earlier on today. Mike, I saw that CNN gives you a board that you can, you, it, you got a touch board. You can move stuff around. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they call it the magic wall. You get to, uh, you know, you, you pre-position the maps beforehand, and it's kind of like, you know, remember when we were kids with Madden, you know, doing the teleprompter? So you, it's, a, it's a little bit like that. I haven't, uh, so I, I got a chance to do that. It's always fun. So uh, this seems like, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. You said after Labor Day, they're going to get serious, and they're going to just, you know, they're going to try to retake some land, and that's kind of what they've done, uh, and they've done it quite effectively. Yeah, tr- they've been tremendously successful. Um, they've taken back literally the, the the Kharkiv Oblast, which is the county, which is about a thousand square miles, which is what Russia took from them over the past four months, let's say from March on. 
And, um, you know, they still have to hold it. They're still stretched thin. They've still had casualties. But the fact that they were able to outnumber the Russians in that area shows uh, that they had good intel. Uh, they, they used a classic military pincer movement, came in from the north and the south, chased the Russians across what's the Oskil River um, on the eastern side of that. And in fact, it's because of artillery. It's because of the fact that we have deep interdicting fires now that uh, Russia has a hard time uh, escaping to. So a tremendous military victory, no question about it, probably the biggest since the Battle of Kiev in March, but they haven't won the war yet. You know, they win this battle, they haven't won the war, and Russia loses it but haven't lost yet either. Um, I think they've got a Russia's going to try to regroup morales down in the Russian military. Some of the things I've seen, for example, they left uneaten food in locations. I remember going when I was at war, when we came upon positions of that, I just thought that, that these guys couldn't get out of there fast enough. Well, that was happening on the Russia side. So they were in full retreat. And uh, the Russian generals have got a real leadership problem right now trying to figure out how they're going to regroup and rearm and try to come back against this Ukraine offensive. Yeah, what is Russia's next move? I mean, the reality is, is you and I both talked about the fact that the manpower is huge, but they don't. Are they going to start conscripting? Are they bringing tons more people there? Because, uh, you know, eventually they will run out of, uh, of of some people unless they start to replenish. And I don't know if they're really doing that mm -hmm. at this moment. They they have a third armored core in reserve, but uh, reports are they're not ready yet and not sure exactly where they are. They could be part of that conscripted group from March. And uh, if that's the case, they aren't ready yet. So that that makes that makes sense from their side. But Russia still has tremendous industrial power. This is now a classic. You know, there's something called the allure of battle that uh, both sides thought Russia thought in particular that this was going to be over quickly, uh, that we would, you know, there'd be a decisive battle that would claim victory and we'd kind of go from there. Well, that hasn't happened. You look in history and when it, it when it gets to where we are now of a stalemate of a tr of a war of attrition of both sides, it does come down to which industrial power has more strength. You go, again, you look back in history. And if the, the Western allies decide to bail on Ukraine, they're in trouble because uh, Russia still has tremendous industrial strength, industrial power. They've got to do some mobilization and it might cause problems for Vladimir Putin. But the bottom line is they have the potential uh, and much more industrial power than does uh, does Ukraine. So if we stick with them, they're going to be OK. But, you know, Putin's got the thing he was hoping for coming, and that is winter and Winter, you know, you and I have, have chatted about this. The rest of the world is is waiting to see how strong can the allies stay together when prices start to soar and all of a sudden it's cold and he's weaponized winter. I mean, is this is really the next couple months it may not even be whether or not the, the Russians lose a bunch of men. It's, it's can the snow come fast enough to change everything? Mm hmm. Right. And you're seeing now the Germans still have not sent the tanks and the heavy equipment that they've been, they've promised uh, Ukraine as well as some of the other European countries. And it, this is a function of whether or not they will you know, remain with the sanctions. Um, I, I there, There's reports that Poland and even some from Ukraine are looking to sabotage the Nord Stream pipeline 
the one and two to make sure that Russia can't uh, move oil uh, through and gas through that through that pipeline to to Western Europe. So that, that's that's kind of in the offing there as well. Um, and and then again, you look at what what's China going to do? Are they going to sit on the sidelines and watch their client state basically get humiliated by Ukraine and by the rest of of Western Europe? Uh, so I, we're still, you know, very much at the beginning of what could be this regional conflict will get uh, expanded well into uh, more proxies, more on both sides uh, in order for us to get some kind of resolution. But what but, but what Ukraine did from a military perspective on the ground, tremendous. And the question is whether that they can hold it or not remains to be seen. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, uh, as he's joined us since the beginning of this thing, even pre-war. Uh, Mike, you talk about China. Uh, the reality is, is you know, what's their their role in this at all? Because I think they thought, you know, uh, we'll, we'll stand behind you. We don't really have to do anything outside of buying some of your oil. But they're shutting down, you know, more, you know, uh, giant cities. And they're not needing the oil the way that they, a lot of people thought that they were going to. Uh, that's probably not helping them at all. And then, you know, they're having to get stuff mm-hmm. from supposedly North Korea, for God's sakes. Russia is looking at China yeah. probably going, what are you guys doing over here? Yeah, it, for whatever reason, they're running out of artillery ammunition, and uh, that's somewhat surprising. I guess probably a lot of it has to do with they thought that the ammunition stores they've been keeping for 20 years were going to be uh, capable, uh, but they obviously are not. And uh, there's reports, again, of them blowing up crews uh, because they put rusted shells in and rusted things uh, on the gun lines that are causing uh, a problem. So you go to you go to North Korea, you've got to go to other places that have kind of the Soviet level, Soviet air equipment. Um, I'm not sure I would take something from North Korea as well, not knowing where those ammo rounds have been stored. Um, from a commerce perspective, though, India is another one that uh, is still going to buy uh, Russian oil, Russian gas. There's a billion people in India as well as China. So they could still provide the money for what Vladimir Putin's trying to do. Uh, and that's where he does have a lot more capability when it comes to spreading this war of attrition out and lasting it, making it go a lot longer. Is the best thing that can happen, uh, I mean, because if he starts conscripting people and he just essentially gets desperate and really starts to conscript, uh, that's the fear that they have, right? Much like with the Russian mothers in, in, in back in Afghanistan's day uh, when they were there, that the mothers had had enough. At some point, you know, because I'm starting to see, you know, I follow a bunch of people on the old YouTube and stuff, and I like to see what they're doing over in Russia, and they're starting to feel it. There's no meat. There is, you know, yeah, they've got potatoes, and they've got noodles, but a lot of that stuff that they've been used to is going away, and they're not believing that this thing is going as well as it is, and they're worried that maybe, hey, Putin's going to start grabbing us next. Yeah, we're seeing kinks in that propaganda wall that he's put up there, and uh, reports are showing from Russian state media that they're even starting to question uh, what, what's going on. One one uh, announcer called it a war the other day, which uh, actually would have been a crime a few months ago because it's still, from their perspective, a special military operation. And and the question is, when does he come to the conclusion that he won't win this uh, in the current state and he's got to make some kind of change, which would mean mobilization, which would mean not just conscripting 100,000, but conscripting a million Russian citizens from all over Mother Russia, from 11 time zones across. And that's where that he runs the risk of not uh, maintaining and controlling the power there. It, it um, you know, we we know that Russia has capability, 160 million people. They have military assets still well inside Ukraine. 
And um, and so I, I, I think that um, if, from 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 them not to do that means he he's looking to get a solution prior to February 24th because he did control some of those regions in the Donbass. See, you see, Russia politically controlled or had a lot of say in Ukraine government prior to that because those um, legislative representatives from those areas voted the way Russia wanted them to vote. So from their democracy's perspective, so in some ways, Putin owned and controlled a lot of things inside Ukraine without having to do this. And it just obviously proved not to be good enough. He wanted the whole thing, tried to swallow the whole porcupine. And now he's he's really choking on every quill that's coming up is uh, coming up in the back. Mike Lyons, a military analyst talking about Russia, China, all the nightmare that is going on over there. Uh, flash forward. Let's look out 90 days. It's starting to get cooler. Do we see any blinking amongst our allies, people that are helping out, or are they all going to stay steady, even though it's going to hurt? I mean, I saw today the Italians are arguing on over what to do on, you know, with noodles and how to, to best, uh, you know, cook them because of the gas shortage. I mean, are we going to start to see real, you know, breaks in this, this, this cohesive, if you will, uh, alliance or, or are they going to stay steady? Yeah, it's possible. It's going to be a function of each individual country's GDP because each individual country is going to act in its own best interest. You start with Germany at the top. Um, I think that you know if they're not going to send their leopard tanks, and we you know which they which we thought they would have been there by now, or the air defense platforms, or some of their artillery pieces in the next in that next ninety days, then we know what their position is. I think uh, France is another one that uh, they're they have a concern about the the nuclear. A facility and making sure that that doesn't go up somehow. Macron got in the phone with Putin on the, over the weekend. They talked about that as well. But I think again, Vladimir Putin just kind of humors that that leader. Um, I think the rest of the European countries are kind of staying together. The ones that that are in NATO, uh, France, uh, or I'm sorry, Sweden, Finland, and Poland. All all the ones that are close to the, to where the battle is are all going to stick together. So it's going to really. I think it's going to depend on the Germans and the French. Uh, as to whether or not they're going to try to cave or not. And I think there'll be too much pressure from those other European countries that even if they do, they're going to do something, sabotage their capability to get electricity and, and other energy from Russia, which, again, the fact that they outsourced it just, just is still beyond the pale to me. Absolutely. Mike Lyons, always good to talk to you uh, uh, again. He's right on it with all the things that are going on, and you'll have a chance to watch him on, on CNN as he takes the board and he gets to move all the pieces around. He's playing Risk electronically. Love having you on, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, chatting time. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. It's going to be interesting. Again, once it starts to get cold and everybody starts to go and, and, and do what's for the best interest of the country, as anybody should, the reality is, though, you know, you'll start to get the average person who is totally fine throwing up the flag of the Ukraine on their, their social media post, but prices go up a little bit. It becomes uncomfortable. Eh, that's the, I did the flag thing. Are we not good? We're not good. Can we, uh, can we, this isn't our war. You're going to hear a lot of that. Well, think about whose war it could be next. I think it's the way you have to look at it. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson show is your Twitter tweet at us. Text the program. Did you know my pillow is more than just fantastic pillows. Now my pillows give the same attention to their pillows. They've been their new my pillow percale bed sheets. All right. It is the deal of the year. Queen size, regular price, 89.98. Now only $39.98 with promo code Benson. It's that simple. 
breathable, cool, crisp, durable, built to last. 250 thread count, machine washable, easy care, six-day money-back guarantee. You got queen-size set of two pillowcases and king-size set of two pillowcases. You will love these. 250 thread count, just so smooth, breathable, and cool when you slide into them. Go to MyPillow.com slash Benson or call 800-983-4975 for deep discounts on the MyPillow percale bed sheets, queen-size regularly. $89.98, now on sale for $39.98. Take advantage of the buy one, get one sale on MyPillow's towels, so much more. MyPillow.com slash Benson. MyPillow.com slash Benson is the sale of the year for the Procale bed sheets. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. Watch some NFL this weekend. Bill said, what'd you do this weekend? I said, well, you know, I was off Friday. I had to do a bunch of voiceovers in the morning, so I wasn't off to like one. So I played golf. Saturday, watched lots of college football. Got Watched that Alabama-Texas game. Great game. Even watched uh, SC. Offensively, they're back. I don't know if they could stop anybody. But then I was just, hey, you know, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's a little, just a little sampling there of what was to come, which was NFL weekend. Kicked off yesterday in earnest. And I was pumped. Watched a ton of games. Uh, was excited. That Bengals, wacky Bengals game where... It was, you know, bang back and forth, and they missed an extra point that should have won the game for him. It got blocked because their snapper got hurt. So they brought in a guy that's a tight end to snap, and he got it back there as slow as could be. <laughs> the, the guy almost overran the ball to block the extra point, and then it was just a disaster from there. Uh, it never, never looked right, and eventually they got the win. Uh, watch the awesome end to the Giants game. 20 to 19. Giants going for two. Jones in a shotgun set. Three receivers right. Barkley to the left of Jones. Jones and James in motion. Jones takes the snap. Rolls right. Shovel pass for Barkley. Barkley in for the two point conversion. And that was awesome. Just a, it was a fun day. And then uh, uh, watch last night is Tom Brady, who apparently doesn't even need to practice. Comes back and 19 to 3 win. Giants uh, got their win. The Dallas Cowboys look awful. The you know it's just it's just it was great. It was great. I was I was loving it. I it's it's our pastime, right? Like you know they have the Queen and the Premier League in England, and we have football. It's also our religion. It is. It is our religion. There's no doubt about that. Even Phil texted me yesterday, as he does early on. Tell me, there's always next year, only to find out his team won. And now that division's a hot mess, so there's a good chance seven wins get you in the playoffs in that division. Something else was interesting, though. How expensive is it to go to an NFL game? You know, Cardi B earlier, right? Talk about if you don't got a Cardi B, how you live, right? Because you need a Cardi B. She's helping everybody out. If you want to go to the cheapest game, that would be here, the Arizona Cardinals. All right? Cheapest tickets. Now, this is times four. So it's four factor. 169 bucks gets you in. Parking's 15, right? 16 ounce beers, only 16 bucks. Uh, 20 ounce sodas, only 10. 
couple hot dogs, 18 total with the tickets and everything, $228 to get in to see the game. On the opposite end, the Giants, no. The L.A. Chargers and Rams, no. The 49ers, what? Over $1,000 to go to their game. Ticket prices are the highest. Bucks are second. Here's what's crazy. Las Vegas to park, $100 to park. $100 to park. Holy guacamole. Atlanta Falcons have the cheapest hot dogs. Only a couple bucks for the hot dogs. I'm still shocked at $100 to park, though. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. $5.60, too, for a 20-ounce soda Atlanta. Unfortunately, you have to watch the Atlanta Falcons. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Uh, Right now, I currently stand eight wins, six losses, one push because there was a tie. And tonight, I have the Broncos beating the Seahawks. So I should finish nine and six my first week. Not bad. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson that's me you're you god bless you for being that way are we as divided as we think we are i don't know i don't really think so i do think extremists have uh gobbled up too much airtime, but that's where the money's at you know i could do i could be i could have a much higher profile if i was insane what does that mean and, I, and I'm just saying, if, if I played the game, the LARPing of anger is what we should call it. The LARPer of anger. I'm live action anger role playing where I say stuff that's insane so I can get people to pay attention to me regardless of the outcomes because I'm not interested in whether or not you believe me or don't believe me. I'm only interested in causing controversy. So therefore, mm, Many of the people that I work with in this business, they love to do it. I know them, and they don't believe 80% of the stuff they believe. Oh, they may be conservative or liberal, but they say stuff in such a way that it makes it seem like, oh, my goodness, these people. Because, well, that's, uh, that's what you have to do now. In a world where there's so much noise, you have to figure out how you, you cut through. I use, I, when I do voiceover, people ask me, oh, what kind of microphones use voiceover? I do, I, it depends. Right, depends on what kind of voiceover I'm doing. One of the things when I'm doing promos and stuff like that is I use this thing called a Sennheiser 416, right? And it is a shotgun mic. It's a mic that is used for for the most part as a microphone that you see as a boom mic in television. It's got the big furry thing on it because it's great. You know what it does? It cuts through noise. That's the beauty of it. Makes your voice sound a little bit bigger. It cuts through everything. That's what you have to be now. It's got to cut through, Chad. Got to be loud. Got to say crazy stuff. It's never been me. It's never been me. I'm just like, I care about the truth, and I care about having real conversations, and I care about finding solutions. The rest of it is, uh, you know, I care about having fun. 
very big thing for me, having fun. Maybe at the top. But the extremes dominate. And for some people, getting through the primaries, that was a wonderful thing. But the reality is, how many times have we talked about, since this show started, we're going on nearly, nearly eight years now, and lo and behold, here we are. And the exhausted majority, the alt-middle, whatever you want to call us, the people that are just over the crazies, we're still having to deal with the crazies. This is Bill Glatz, uh, Galston. He's from the Brookings Institute talking about, yes, the extremes. You have one party that is to the left of the American mainstream and another party that's to the right of the mainstream. And, you know, especially after each presidential election, there is a tendency, certainly a temptation, rarely resisted of the party that temporarily enjoys unified control of government to go too far down a road that the majority of the people are uncomfortable with. Yeah. We were talking earlier about, if Mr. missed show, grab the podcast, about abortion. A lot of the GOP is, is shirking away from the abortion issue, uh, trying not to make it an issue, because for many of them, they're they're pro-life there's no doubt but uh you know mother's health incest rape i mean you know i mean it's it's uh, the majority of americans believe in what here's here's the beauty of of coming together and, and having a real conversation the majority of americans think choice should be left to to the woman up until the 10th or 12th week after that the majority falls to the other side where, and it's a pretty big fall to like 60, 70% in the second trimester say, no, you've kind of made your, your, your mind up. And by the third trimester, it's like 93% say no, no, no. But we never get to have a conversation about that because the extremes dominate in every way, shape or form right now. The, the extremes, I mean, you heard the, uh, was it, Mitch McConnell comes out a couple weeks ago and says our quality of our candidates just isn't very good. Well, that's because the extremes are exactly that. They're extremes, and they're focused on one or two things, and they don't really represent the conservatives or the Republicans. They represent a populist, real kind of, you know, not just emerging here but globally, thought process of fighting and 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 just everybody's pissed and angry and the whole nine yards and you just sit back and you're just like i don't know how many times i've seen like right now here i mean uh carrie lake is everywhere uh many people think that that if trump was to run again he's going to pick her to be the vice president candidate on the ticket she is a former news anchor very popular uh, election denier, whatever you want to call them. Uh, she is, you know, she's she's more than just a flamethrower. And she is, you know, she, but she's also at the same time, she's an amazing communicator. And Katie Hobbs will not debate her. She decided today or this weekend that she's not going to debate her because she's an election denier. And she doesn't want to give the extremes the voice and she doesn't want it to become a crap show. Understandable in some ways. But the reality is, is, the lady that she beat, who didn't have Trump's, uh, you know, endorsement, it was a close race. The reality is that lady would have walked to the governorship. No problem. 
but now it's a split. And you're seeing this. Both sides have their issues. Both sides do. At a time when you've got all the things going for you, if you're the Democrats, as far as the House, right? You've got you've got the Senate, you've got the, the, the presidency. Those things are yours. And normally we switch. We're like, hey, it's too much power for one group. If you look at what Democrats were trying to do in 2021, they were steaming down that road in the wrong direction. They paid a price for it. And usually when you have the party that enjoys the full power of government temporarily, you end up with a perception that the majority party, the temporarily governing party, has moved itself farther outside the mainstream than people are comfortable with, which is one reason that you've had a very strong pattern over the past 20 years or so of reversals of majority control at the first midterm. Yeah. Now, that being said, with the economy still the way it is, people are still nervous about stuff while there are things out there. It looks like the House is at least going to, I mean, what is it, uh, 538? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, take that for what it is at this moment in time, says that it's a... 70% chance that it lands in the Republicans' hands, and it's about a 70% chance now that the Senate stays with the Republicans. But opportunities were abound. But when you run extremes, when you run people that are living off of Trump and all of that stuff, you, while it's low-hanging fruit, you don't expand the base. And if you're not expanding the base and you're not grabbing independence and you're not doing the things you need to do to get you over the line... As a, this shouldn't we should be even having this conversation. Republicans should be going, all right, this is what we want to do. Here's the agenda we'd really like to push out there. But instead, they're just looking around going, I don't know if Blake Masters is going to win. Uh, and looks like Kelly might hold on to that. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what's going on in Georgia, but, you know, as I tried to explain to my uncle, the one thing that Herschel Walker has is he is a god in Georgia because of his Heisman, because of of Georgia and the national championship. Uh, even if he says wacky stuff, people don't care because they're like, oh, well, he's still, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's Herschel Walker. But the Oz thing, I mean, you know, it's just, it's too much. You had opportunity after opportunity. And the Democrats realized that. They saw what took place in Virginia. They saw Yunkin win because, well, they were pushing agendas that were not what the average person wants, even the average liberal or independent. How do you have that mass appeal without getting rid of your base? That's the toughest thing to do in a very fragmented political world that we live in. Very tough. But if the minority party that's seeking to become the majority party is steaming as fast as it can in the other direction, uh, then that tends to turn what should be a layup into a jump ball. And that's exactly what's going on. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson shows your Twitter tweet at us text the program. I have no idea how they roll with this in the next coming because as I've said, the Republicans are doing what they're doing, which is snagging defeat from the jaws of victory. At some point in time, while the Democrats will firmly have victory in their hands, they will trip up and fumble that ball. And it's almost like which one of you has the ball last will score the victory. Because you won't have a chance to fumble. And are they peaking too early, the Democrats? It's possible. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. 
Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from all of you. The uh, president uh, will probably be heading next week to the UK to see the queen who will be laid to rest. Of course, she passed away last week. Uh, a lot of people now are charging. Well, should we get rid of? Uh, uh, should we get rid of royalty altogether? Look, that's a that's a British thing. You know, you're finding a lot more people are pushing back in other parts of 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 the country who are quote unquote their subjects or whatever. Which again is just a horrible word. Uh, the the king, the new king, uh, he is. Uh, I think he's got a lot of work to do, but. The, the monarch's not going anywhere. Most of Europe has monarchs in some way, shape, or form. Still, you have no idea. You're like, what? Yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah, they got monarchs. They all got monarchs. Because it's that's part of who they are. We just don't get it. Because we, we said, hey, we don't like this. And then we kicked their ass. And then we said, hey, George Washington, do you want to be king? And he's like, no. Are you guys not paying attention? I, we just fought to not have a king. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just want to make sure because you were so good at that stuff. So uh, will Biden, who's going to go? Trump going? I don't know. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Rough Greens, ruffgreens.com slash Chad. Should dogs struggle with hip and joint pain? Maybe they don't really have the energy they used to have. Right? Maybe they got too much energy. Maybe they got digestive problems or allergies. Rough Greens is here to show you that, hey, try this and you watch the change in your dog. Did it with my dog, Toodle, about four years ago. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega 369, the best stuff around. Sprinkle on top of your dog's food. Voila! You watch what happens. It is incredible. My dog, Doodle's li- living his best life. Oh, he's much older than when we thought when we adopted him, and he doesn't see very well, and he can't hear. But he should have been put to sleep four years ago. But he's healthy, he's happy, he's bouncy, and he's not as cantankerous because he's living an amazing life. Dr. Dennis Blacks wants to send you a bag for free. All those amazing things, all he asks you to do is try it. That's it. You cover the cost of shipping. You decide if you like it. Give it to your dogs. RUFFgreens.com slash Chad. RuffGreens.com slash Chad. RuffGreens.com. Slash Chad. Little What's Trending straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say woo! Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? <sighs> I'm hungry. I don't know if that's trending, but I just want to let you guys know that. Oh, geez, Jen. Now I'm hungry, too. Let's take it. Uh, I'm going to let you guys in on something. Google. Number one search thing yesterday. Dallas Cowboys. Five million. NFL, $2 million. I'm going to go down the top 20. Are you guys ready for this? Search things on Google yesterday. NFL scores. Packers, 49ers, Steelers, Eagles, Raiders, Patriots, Cleveland Browns, uh, Chiefs, Saints, Giants, Colts, Ravens, Commanders, Michigan football. We've got something different than the NFL. Bengals, Seahawks, and Carlos 
Alcaraz, who is the uh, youngest men's number one tennis player of all time at 19. He won the U.S. Open yesterday. 18 of the 20 top trending things were NFL. 19 of the 20 were football. And 20 of the 20 were sports. Head over to, yes, Twitter, where everybody's angry and fights all the time. Hashtag not my king trending. I, is, that, is that trending here? Because he's, he's King George, King Charles the the Third is not my king. That is trending everywhere. I'm like, I don't like, because everybody's upset, you know. We'll talk a little bit more later, but they want to get rid of the monarchy. And eh, it's, again, it's a them thing. I lived over there for a decade. I understand in some ways why they do what they do. Uh, and I continue to say this. A castle with no king, queen, princess, prince is just a neat looking house. So think about that. If there's no prince or princess, there's no Mickey Mouse, it's just six flags. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Trump in D.C. Video video emerges of uh, showing President Trump arriving in D.C. Why is he there? Why is he there? Bloomberg's got a really interesting piece. We'll touch on a little bit about uh, a new bill in California that will cause it to potentially hurt fast food workers, the Fast Recovery Act awaits Gavin Newsom's signature that would set, uh, well, let's just put it this way. The new measure would essentially raise wages to as much as $22 an hour. So think about that for a second. We'll touch on that. UK is in a period of mourning, also trending today. And Russia got their asses handed to him over the last couple Days as the offensive, if you will, has begun from Ukraine. Now, what will take place from here, I don't know. But one thing's for sure, they seem to be caught off guard, even though everybody had talked about the potential of this happening. Everybody had talked about it. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Some more on immigration as well. The the hypocrisy, and I do mean the hypocrisy, of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, and the amazing <laughs> sanctuary city that it is, is hilarious. Plus, a Wendy's worker goes above and beyond not trying to work that hard at Wendy's. Wait do you hear this story. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. It's the Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Find the Republicans. I'm hyper-focusing on some things. Other things I'm doing the best I can to stay away from. Unless you have 
You know, it's funny. We talk about populism, right? So populism, populism. Well, if you're really worried about populism, why aren't you focusing on what some numbers say in the country? You don't. Like, you know, we've talked about abortion. I live in a country where we have this great democratic republic here. This republic is amazing. But we live with people who don't believe with us in the things that we believe and vice versa. It's got to be give and take. If I'm a Republican, I'm like, look, it's not a choice I'd make, but I don't want to take away somebody else's choice. But that choice ends at eight weeks, ten weeks. And yes, if you're raped, and yes, if you there's incest or the life of the mother, we're not playing this game. We know exactly the right thing to do. Come on. Immigration. If I'm Democrats, rather than a bitch, moan, scream, and yell, go, it's all, it's all everybody else's fault. It is. It's all everybody. It's all everybody else's fault. Republicans are evil and bad. Right? They screwed everything up. I mean, I've heard that on numerous occasions. They try all oh, this. You know, this is Donald Trump's fault. How is this Donald Trump's? First of all, how is this Donald Trump's fault? First, he hasn't been there for almost two years. Secondly, the numbers were down when he was president, especially over the last mm, umpteen months, because well, the the Remain in Mexico policy, a lot of things like that. This is a culmination of horrible governing for a very long time. Not just over the last, you know, year and a half with Biden. And no, this has been a bad, bad situation across the board. You've got to start hitting the things that matter. Immigration, economy coming hard at the things that matter on a day-to-day basis, not some of the wackiness that's out there. Immigration's a perfect place where the, 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 the Democrats don't even want to talk about it. There's nowhere to go. What are they going to say? Uh, we're doing it better? If you mean by letting anybody you want in here, fantastic. So several, well, no, I'm sorry, several weeks ago, Greg Abbott's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start busing people from here to New York, Chicago, D.C. We're just going to let them go out there and then get a taste of what's going on here. And then Doug Ducey's like, yeah, I'll do that too. And, of course, I'm like, this is a stupid thing. I don't think it's going to work. But lo and behold, is it changing anything as far as the amount of people coming here? No. But is it making it uncomfortable, apparently, for the likes of you know, Lori Lightfoot and Mayor Bowser in, in D.C. and, uh, of course, Adams in New York. It's making it tremendously uncomfortable for them for whatever reason. New York's like, we need a state of emergency because of we're being overrun by people with buses being sent here. And you're like, how many people have you guys got? You remember your GDP is close to a trillion dollars. If Yuma can handle, I don't know. 30,000 a month. I'm pretty sure you guys will be okay with a couple hundred. Chicago's the same way. So Chicago, a sanctuary city, what did they do when they got it? Well, first of all, Lori, uh, Lori Lightfoot came out and just, just, of course, just, oh, my God, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. 
Well, I don't think this is what we stand for. I think it's decidedly unpatriotic. I understand the pressures uh, that the people of Texas and some of the other border states are under. We see that on a daily basis. But the thing to do is not this. This is creating a human crisis. And treating people without dignity, without respect, it's not what we are as Americans. And it's, frankly, another demonstration of unpatriotic um, conduct mm-hmm. on the part of the mm-hmm. governor of Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was her last week, right? So she gets the, I don't even know how many, not a lot. Chicago, again, big city, not a lot. So what does she do? Remember how unpatriotic it is, it's not who we are, all of these things. She's out there. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. What does she do? Hmm. Now, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot facing backlash for funneling those migrants out of her sanctuary city and into the suburbs. Yeah, a lot of irony here. And the mayor of Burr Ridge, Illinois, said that he was not given any notice that over 60 migrants would be sent to his town. They were dropped off at a hotel where they will stay for at least 30 days. Mayor Gary Grasso called out Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot for hypocrisy. He's treating these human beings like freight. So wait a minute. You decide, oh, what are we going to do with them? We don't want, I mean, we're a sanctuary city, but I only say those things, right? I don't really mean it. None of that. I I don't mean any of that stuff. Welcome to the world of hypocrisy. That's what it's all about. You know, it's like nobody really means it. It's like people who scream, oh, I'm all about the climate. And then you're like, okay, if we had to raise your taxes or these things became far more, well, I mean, I'm about the climate, but can somebody else pay for them? Right? No, no. Ah, geez. Are you serious? Yeah. So I got to do a part of it? Yeah. Well, that's all that everybody in the Western states outside of California are asking for. In particular, Texas and Arizona that that get the brunt of this. They're just asking that you guys do your part. That's it. Nothing more. It's evil that she that they got bust there, but it's not evil that she bust them elsewhere. There must be vacant hotel rooms in Chicago. This is hundreds of people in a city of millions. Why are they sending them out to the Republican suburbs? Mayor Lightfoot says that part of her issue with Texas Governor Greg Abbott sending migrants to so-called sanctuary cities like hers is that city officials aren't briefed on their backgrounds. And, and like, we don't need to know exactly what's what so that we can make sure that we uh, have proper accommodations for them. All this is about is a manufactured political crisis. Yeah, it's all this is about. So the millions coming, and I said millions coming across, that's manufactured that's manufactured dc mayor bowser just what are we gonna do oh my god is upset about stuff here's a council person from dc talking about the issue so it's been said but it's worth reiterating that the governors of texas and arizona have created this crisis so they've created a crisis and that crisis would simply be what Telling people from Mexico, Venezuela, Honduras, Haiti, El Salvador, Guatemala, South America, any one of the countries that people are trying to flee there, come on over here because we want to get you on a bus so we can prove a point. That was their jam. And the federal government has not stepped up to assist the District of Columbia. So we, um, along with our regional partners, will do what we've always done. We'll rise to the occasion. 
We've learned from border towns like El Paso and Brownsville. Um, and in many ways, the governors of Texas and Arizona have turned us into a border town. We don't know how long this will take to resolve. We don't know how long they will continue busing. And so the right thing to do here is to be prepared to ensure we can greet every bus. We can get people off on the right foot. We can get them where they want to go. And that will ultimately help them. Do you listen to that BS? They've turned us into a border town. New York, D.C., all. It is hilarious. You've got six to 8,000 people, maybe in D.C., of which within 24 to 48 hours, most of them leave. Chicago's got virtually none, but they're already busting them out. Mayor Adams, remember a couple weeks ago, he's like, can't they just stop along the way and ask if people, you guys want to stay here? I mean, this is the insanity. You've turned us into a border town. But it goes back to, well, as long as it's not my backyard, I don't care. As long as I don't really have to do anything, I don't care. The minute I actually have to put up, well, if it makes me uncomfortable, I don't want to be a part of it. If I have to be a part of it, you know, how does this affect me? It does affect you because I have to do something. Well, then I don't want any of this. It is absurd. Welcome to what we deal with on a day-to-day basis out here. Welcome. Little towns like Yuma. El Paso, very small town comparatively to Chicago, New York. This is what they're dealing with every single day. And yet, here you are, complaining about a few hundred or a few thousand. My goodness me. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Queen is still dead. King is still alive. At least for now. I was reading the other day that uh, apparently she had kind of laid the law down on uh, what was going to happen, which is, look, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to be gone because I'm 96. Uh, You're going to run everything, but, well, he was prepared because of his mom. Patty Harvison once helped the former prince write those speeches. As a communications director to the royal family, he helped shape Charles's image. Do you truly feel he's ready now for this moment? Yeah, 100%. He's clearly the best prepared monarch we've ever had. He's the hardest working person I've ever known. I mean, I mean that. He never stops. There isn't a day in the year he isn't working. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, but he gets to be a, a king. And how hard is that? I, I'll be honest. I, it sucks. <laughs> I don't think I'd want any part of that. Like, Harry would be fun because there's really no responsibility. But even then, it's like Prince Charles, his whole life was crafted for these moments. That just, it, see, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'd want any part of that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a solid pass. But apparently she told him, hey, you get to be king until you're 80. Then you turn it over to William. Let's not keep this thing going for if you live for another 30 years. No, you're king till you're 80, and there you go. And everybody else is going to have their part to play. We need to slim this thing down. Oh, goodness me. But they're still in mourning today. They are in mourning throughout Britain and the world.
Tomorrow, the coffin is going to be flown to London and arrives nearby here at Buckingham Palace. On Wednesday morning, the coffin moves to the Palace of Westminster, you know it as the House of Commons, by gun carriage, where the Queen will lie in state for four days. Then next Monday, September the 19th, the Queen's funeral will be held. Yep. Yeah. I'm interested to see. Obviously, we're, I would, I'm assuming that the president's going to go. I don't know how many more people are going to go, but I'm assuming that's going to take place. Uh, so... We'll see. Does he just send the vice president and then she'll just mumble something ridiculous and people will shake her head? Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three. 538 2423 Hatch Ed Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Wendy's employees, spectacular. Wait do you see what they did. Spectacular. Inflation is a nightmare. So you've been thinking lately, ah, what should I get myself into? Gold, maybe? Precious metals? Well, now's the time to talk to Lear Capital. And just for talking to them. You're going to get a free Kennedy Silver half dollar. No purchase necessary. You don't have to do anything. 25 years of experience. Exceptional trust pilot rating. 24-hour risk-free investor pledge. So you send an invoice fully guaranteeing the price and quality of your metals. If after reviewing it, right? So 24 hours, you, you, you know, you're like, I don't think this is the best positions for me. Uh, you know, I'm not really thrilled by this. Lear releases the purchase with no obligations. Number one thing is about making sure you're taking care of their customer satisfaction. That's what they do. They put it first. Having been a broker, both in the physicals and in the in the commodity and Forex world, let me tell you something. Having a way to take some of this stuff and hedge yourself against inflation, the potential of where things could be going, is tremendous. So what you do, the smart thing right now, chat with a Lear specialist about investing in precious metals. Get your free Kennedy silver half dollar. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a free half buck. They're sending it to you. Not going to cost you a thing. All you have to do is visit LearChad.com. That's LearChad.com. L-E-A-R Chad.com. Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh, my gosh. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. We begin with an update to a story we first told you about earlier in the week. The arrest of a man accused of tampering with the train tracks in northern Berks County. Tonight, police say the suspect didn't act alone in carrying out his crime. He had some help and a bizarre motive. WFMZ's Tom Rader fills us in. All right. So what is the motive of somebody messing with trains? It's got to be terrorism, right? They want to see death. They want a destruction. They want to see the whole nine yards. A dual effort to potentially cause destruction. While they were driving through here, uh, she dropped him off. He exited the vehicle. He placed a shunt on the track. He got back in the car with her, and they proceeded. So, remember this, right? Two people doing this. The shunt on the track. This has got to be terrorism. Proceeded to Wendy's. Police arrest. Wait, they were, went, went where? Proceeded to Wendy's. Okay. Police arrested 34-year-old Ryan Boria after police say surveillance cameras caught him messing with the tracks late last month near Industrial Drive. And now they say his fast food co-worker helped him. The fast food co-worker? They weren't going there to eat. What were they doing? 
there was uh, another person involved that worked with him at Wendy's by the name of Amy Shaner. Oh, they Amy. had discussed putting a shunt on the tracks on their way to work. Why did they do it? They told police they wanted their ship at the fast food joint to go slow. <laughs> That's right, kids. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. That is the reporter there. They were hoping they planned this whole thing out. They're like, man, fries, the burgers, and the square. I don't get it. It's weird. It's all of this is upsetting me. This is too much pressure for me. So they devised a plan that caused potential damage and destruction that may get them federal charges because the job at Wendy's was too much. <laughs> it's too much. It's the people. They're always asking for stuff. They were like, I had ketchup. And could you make my fries a little crispy? And what's wrong with the malt machine? It's too much. I can't do it. During the interview, they told us that their intentions were that if the gates could malfunction and they could somehow block traffic, then that would prevent people from being able to get the Wendy's and they could have a slow night at work. <laughs> you can't make stupid up like this. You can't. These idiots. These morons thought it would be a great idea to potentially derail a train causing tens of thousands and potentially millions of dollars in damage, not to mention the fact that it could have cost lives so they didn't have to malt it up too big that night at Wendy's. Oh, my Lord. The stupid is strong. So, so strong. No word if they kept their job, but I'm thinking no. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. You know what's sad is before this, they probably got a vote. <laughs> that should be scary for everybody. Maybe a king isn't so bad. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson it's always about the economy we always talk about that i always say the economy stupid is the economy there's a reason for that because if the economy is bad i don't care what other thing is going on out there you're going to hyper focus on the economy if you're struggling if the economy is good you can be a little bit more you know what i really care about this singular issue why because things are good right things are good if things are good, you have more of an opportunity to hyper-focus on something that people just wouldn't pay a lot of attention to. Or even if they are paying attention to it because it's something big. Take abortion, for instance. Right? That's, uh, that, that's something that's uh, quite big. But people can focus on it if the economy's good because, well... 
you're not worried about anything. You know, you're worried about losing your job. You, 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 uh, uh, abortion isn't something you're thinking about at that moment in time. Climate change isn't something you're thinking about, you know, putting food on the table. You're thinking about those things. One of the other things about abortion that is, again, and I sit here and we can sit here and go back and forth a lot about, you know, single issue voters that really doesn't have the impact that I think a lot of people think it does. But one of the things about it is, and there's a lot of great articles out there, there's a lot of polls out there that, uh, you know, the GOP is backing away from their pro-life no chance that you should have an abortion period case closed or just not talking about it because, well, I don't think they ever thought it was going to go away. You ever watch those videos with the two dogs or three dogs that be barking at each other and, you know, there's a, there's a glass door between them and they're screaming, and they're yelling and they're doing all of these things. That are, rah, 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 and then somebody opens the door and they both, all of them put their tails between the legs and they kind of turn and go the other way. That's kind of what so much of politics is because there was never any worry of something going away, right? There was never any fear of of this. It was just always something it's like immigration. We'll talk about immigration a little bit, but it's, it's, it, nobody cares, right? Because we're never going to fix the problem. So we can scream and yell anything we want because, well, it's good for us, right? You, you raise money off it. I raise money off of it. You, you, you gin up your voters. I gin up my voters. At the end of the day, there's really no repercussions because none of us are ever going to come together and solve anything. And that's really not our gig. But see, what happens is when you start to see the court take the shape that it's in right now, it's extreme, whatever. When you see that start to happen, and for years, government has decided the best thing that they can do is just give their power away so they don't have to make any real decisions. Well, lo and behold, what happens? Well, eventually a decision comes along and you're like, oh, and the Republicans are worried. Remember, just just like the, the the Republicans always trying to pass, you know, and 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 they vote over and over again symbolically to get rid of of Obamacare, knowing full well it was never going to happen. Because if it did happen, they were sitting there with their their pants down around their ankles. They had no idea what to do. It's the same kind of thing here. But eventually, got to a court, and the court said, "Hey, Roe v. Wade." You know, this Dobbs, uh, this should be a state thing. Oh, no. Here's one thing that the Republicans should be blessed about, if you will. It's not on the ballot really anywhere. Oh, yeah, there will be people who are about abortion, but it's not on the ballot. Kansas, it was on the ballot. It's not going to be on the ballot in some places, at least not this time, which I think would have really hurt the Republicans. Trust me, they're hurting themselves enough. So I found this to be interesting. Because at the end of the day, if inflation continues to stay steady, that's still going to be the it thing when it comes to voting. And inflation right now, well, it's too damn high. Inflation is way too high, and it's essential that we bring it down. And that's something that Americans feel every day. And I think it's what's causing uh, them tremendous distress. Yeah, the Americans... You and I, we feel it every single day. We go buy food. We had hamburgers last night. Meat's so damn expensive. That's not going anywhere. Now they're talking about something that people aren't paying attention to. Uh, the trains, the railroads. 
they could be going on strike, which would cause even more of a headache when it comes to supply chains. But if inflation was to drop and we got it down to around three, four percent and continually gas prices are 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 coming down at least now i will say this my gas station which is normally cheaper than a lot of other gas stations around uh the valley uh is back over four dollars it got down to 469 it's risen again and you know there is a chance that gas could explode again and the prices go up and you know what happens then everything goes up inflation becomes the number one issue stuff like abortion choice goes to the back of the line Gas prices have actually yes. fallen about $1.40 from their peak. Some are worried, though, that they yes. could go back up in the winter. Should Americans be ready for that? Well, it's a risk. This winter, uh, the European Union will uh, cease, the most part, buying Russian oil. And in addition, they will ban the provision of services that enable Russia to ship oil by tanker. It is possible that that could cause a spike in oil prices. Yeah. And what happens when oil goes up? Everything else goes up as well. Currently, oil is sitting at about 94 bucks a barrel, give or take. So I expect gas to stick in and around here for a little bit and there'll be some fluctuations. But with what's going on in Russia, we'll talk to my clients a little bit later. The reality is simply this. Uh, Russia right now is getting their asses handed to them. I think a little bit surprised. We talked about it last week after Labor Day. They said they were going to go in. Everybody kind of knew it. Apparently, uh, the Russians didn't know it. And they've regained some of the area. We'll find out more from Mike Lyons. But Europe is worried, right? They're worried because winter is on the way. There is a nip in the air, if you will, in certain parts of, of, of Europe, at night in particular. What happens if this thing turns it even uglier? What happens if, I don't know, Zatsparitsa, the thing that's, what, five, six times larger than Chernobyl goes sideways? I mean, there's all of these things that play into it. But if you're a single voter, meaning an issue only, you don't really have the sway that I think a lot of people thought. And... If you're looking at this and say the only thing I care about is 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 choice, well, you're probably young and you don't have the responsibilities. But if you're 37 and you're a woman and you're pro-choice, but you're looking around going, our country's going to hell in a handbasket and I'm paying how much for this? My job may go away. Why? Well, that issue is important to you. The reality is there are other things that take precedent. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. I mean, I mean look, look, stuff's going up. I mean, we, we, it's going up, up, up and away. It's going up to the point where even Cardi B is stressed. I've been helping so many people for so many years. I never have helped out so many people for the past seven, eight months. And I remember something, right? Let me tell you something. A couple of months ago, I was helping... Um, a cousin get an apartment right and now i'm helping somebody else get an apartment bro i was looking at some areas the way that the prices soar up the way the way that the prices soar up because the rent is really high even in the hoods even in the hoods even for cardi b who's worth tens of million dollars she's struggling 
to help people pay their rent. You know one thing that people was coming at me every single time that we saying that something bad in the economy is happening? And people be like, well, you was the one that told people to vote for Joe Biden. But this is the thing, right? After the pandemic, I knew that this shit gonna happen. I knew we was gonna have a financial crisis. And the thing about it is that this is not only in America, it's all over the world. All over the world, bitch. This is insane. And I wanna, that I get it. Don't ever think I'm one of these rich people that don't don't get it. Yeah, don't ever think that she's one of them rich people that don't get it. Cardi, I, I, I just, you know, uh, you're being honest and I like that. Continue. Like, how are people surviving? I wanna know. I, you know, like my family and my friends, they're so grateful to have me, but it's just like, yo, what happened to people that don't have a me? What's going on with the people that don't have a me? I love that. What about me? I'm so awesome for doing all the things that I do. What about a me? I love that. She's honest though. Ah, stuff's gone up. It sucks. Again, goes back to at the end of the day, we're still about the economy, stupid. And while we're a few months away from midterms, the reality is for all of the other things, if the economy continues to do what the economy does and is is sitting high inflation and all of these things, there will be, look, the Senate was always going to be not so much a toss up, but a struggle for at times for the Republicans to win, I think, especially when you saw who some of the people were getting through. I look more over at the House. Can they win the House? I still think they will, but it'll be closer than it should be. But not because of the brilliance of many of the candidates, much because of the failure of this administration. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you on this beautiful body. 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 Touched a little bit on 9-11 yesterday, saw some some tributes, a little bit more on the Queen. The Queen is still not with us anymore, passed away, dead. King Charles. And uh, who tells the bees? Talk about that as well. This portion of the uh, program is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, online therapy. Uh, BetterHelp is awesome. You know, one thing that, you know, what inspired you know, some of the stuff to, 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 to try online therapy. Well, first of all, I, I have a stepdaughter who's on, on the spectrum. And she, you know, during this whole nightmare of the pandemic, it, it set her back a bit. And trying to get in to see a therapist was virtually impossible. We got to the point where we're even thinking, well, maybe if I, you know, my aunt could see her in California, we have to go out there. That's the point we were at, trying to find somebody. And BetterHelp came along. BetterHelp's been awesome, right? It's, it's, it's just a better situation for a lot of people, especially... In a time when, you know what, we all need a bit of a reset. There's so much stress out there. BetterHelp can absolutely help you. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp's a great option. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's affordable. Entirely online. And you get matched uh, with a therapist under 48 hours just by doing an easy questionnaire. Uh, so easy. And you can switch therapists anytime. You can do online, uh, chat only. You can do phone, and you can do video. So the choice is yours. So when you want a better problem solver. Therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash Benson today. Get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Benson. Betterhelp.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. You're listening to the Chad Benson Show. 
We gather today in remembrance of the remarkable span of the Queen's dedicated service to her nations and peoples. While very young, Her late Majesty pledged herself to serve her country and her people and to maintain the precious principles of constitutional government which lie at the heart of our nation. King Charles there. Yes, of course, his mother passed away. Let's not forget that. Uh, We'll talk about the evil and badness that is colonialism. So we've touched on throughout portions of the show. But the sad thing is that John Chapel is the uh, beekeeper for uh, the royals had to uh, inform the bees. That's right, uh, tradition. And to drive over to Buckingham Palace, go over to Clarence House, then inform all of the bees that their queen had died, which was a shock to them because, no, we see our queen. She's right here. No, 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 the one you serve. And they're like, we serve that one. Well, you got a new person you serve now. It's a king. We don't do that here. We're bees. We do something different. And uh, lo and behold, they were shocked as anybody. Yeah, that's what they did. Somebody had to inform the bees that they had died and then put black ribbons on all the hives. Not lying. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet as text program. Of course, it's not all fun and games with the queen, Chad. It's not because they're evil and they're bad and they're horrible and they're just, oh my goodness, they're all that's evil. Let's discuss this. The idea that there were people, we just had an historian say that there are many people who are queenists. They're not monarchists. They liked her. They're either bored with the institution or think, think, think that it needs to change or aren't going to be that into the next king. Give us your evaluation of that. I think that's wildly overstated, frankly. Uh, I think uh, when you look at all the opinion polls, we're about 80 to 85 percent in favor of having a constitutional monarchy, whoever's in, uh, in, on the throne. Yeah, yeah, but you guys are evil. Let's not forget that you are, are, are evil. Your colonists saw a lot of those tweets over the weekend. Colonist, evil, horrible, bah, bah. So I'm afraid to say, as your introduction was, if uh, we had given so much pain to people throughout uh, history, why was uh, Charles chosen by every single uh, Commonwealth country, many of which are former imperial countries, as the head of the Commonwealth? We uh, abolished Andrew, slavery. Hold on 30, a second. Andrew, are you really denying what I just sorry, said about British out. colonialism? Are you really we doing we, that, Andrew? Are you really we, doing we, that? We, we, Andrew, we abolished Andrew, slavery. Andrew, this is not a propaganda show. You did, are you really taking issue with the, with the horror? of colonialism andrew they go back and forth now uh some nations are ready to go okay cool she's gone we liked her uh we're moving on though this whole thing needs to go away uh we need to vote and get rid of this stuff independence movements were muted during the queen's reign but after barbados decided to leave earlier this year two more island nations antigua and barbadua and jamaica are considering following suit the jamaican prime minister last year not pulling any punches during a visit by will and kate telling the prince we are moving on as an independent Even across the UK itself, King Charles' accession to the throne has been a chance for some today to make their feelings known. Yeah, yeah. Some people, you know, again, what is it? To me, it's a tourist thing. Having lived there for years, uh, they don't really do anything. I get it. She she was a nice old lady. Uh, The queen mom was better. They got through difficult times for the the country uh, many, 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 many moons ago. Uh, But... You know, Australia is like, hey, here's the one thing. Being part of the British Empire means you get a lot of stuff. Like you could travel to England without having to worry about a visa and stuff like that. You could immigrate there. There are certain things that you're allowed to do much easier. Are they willing to give that up? I don't know. 
But this is the battle, because it's good. This is the battle we should always have for stuff like this, right? Like this is when I brought up Kobe and, and his death and, and Michael Jackson, and I talked about all the stuff. How can you not talk about these? People freaked out. How could you? This is the thing that we do now, right? It's about being brave. Being brave is talking about how we need to get rid of the queen. We don't have a queen, and there's a reason for that. Same reason we don't have a king. We chose not to. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Mike Lyons joins the program next. It's ugly, 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 ugly in Ukraine. We haven't really talked about it lately, but the Ukrainians are making a move. Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. It does appear that Ukraine is moving forward in Kherson, in other parts of the East. Um, Is this the beginning of a campaign to roll back the Russian invasion of February 24th? You know, the main goal is deoccupation. We just cannot allow Russia to continue the same occupation that they started back in 2014. Yeah, uh, the Russians, I think, were surprised, uh, even though didn't seem to be anybody else was surprised of what took place, uh, because the offensive is there. Joining us now, Mike Lyons, retired major for the Army, and, of course, our military analyst it was earlier on today. Mike, I saw that CNN gives you a board that you can, you, it, you got a touch board, you can move stuff around. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they call it the magic wall. You get to, uh, you know, you, you pre-position the maps beforehand, and it's kind of like, you know, remember when we were kids with Madden, you know, doing the teleprompter? So you, it's, a, it's a little bit like that. I haven't, uh, so I, I got a chance to do that. It's always fun. So uh, this seems like, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. You said after Labor Day, they're going to get serious, and they're going to just, you know, they're going to try to retake some land, and that's kind of what they've done, uh, and they've done it quite effectively. Yeah, tr- they've been tremendously successful. Um, they've taken back literally the, the the Kharkiv Oblast, which is the county, which is about a thousand square miles, which is what Russia took from them over the past four months, let's say from March on. And, um, you know, they still have to hold it. They're still stretched thin. They've still had casualties. But the fact that they were able to outnumber the Russians in that area shows uh, that they had good intel. Uh, they, they used a classic military pincer movement, came in from the north and the south, chased the Russians across what's the Oskil River um, on the eastern side of that. And in fact, it's because of artillery. It's because of the fact that we have deep interdicting fires now that uh, Russia has a hard time escaping to. So a tremendous military victory, no question about it. Probably the biggest since the Battle of Kiev in March, but they haven't won the war yet. You know, they win this battle, they haven't won the war, and Russia loses it but haven't lost yet either. Um, I think they've got a Russia's going to try to regroup morales down in the Russian military. Some of the things I've seen, for example, they left uneaten food in locations. I remember going when I was at war, when we came upon positions of that, I just thought that, that these guys couldn't get out of there fast enough. Well, that was happening on the Russia side. So they were in full retreat. And uh, the Russian generals have got a real leadership problem right now trying to figure out how they're going to regroup and rearm and try to come back against this Ukraine offensive. 
Yeah, what is Russia's next move? I mean, the reality is, is you and I both talked about the fact that the manpower is huge, but they don't, are they going to start conscripting? Are they bringing tons more people there? Because, uh, you know, eventually they will run out of, uh, of of some people unless they start to replenish. And I don't know if they're really doing that at this moment. They they have a third armored core in reserve, but uh, reports are they're not ready yet and not sure exactly where they are. They could be part of that conscripted group from March. And uh, if that's the case, they aren't ready yet. So that that makes that makes sense from their side. But Russia still has tremendous industrial power. This is now a classic. You know, there's something called the allure of battle that uh, both sides thought Russia thought in particular that this was going to be over quickly, uh, that we would, you know, there'd be a decisive battle that would claim victory and we'd kind of go from there. Well, that hasn't happened. You look in history and when it, it when it gets to where we are now of a stalemate of a tr- of a war of attrition of both sides, it does come down to which industrial power has more strength. You go again, you look back in history. And if the the Western allies decide to bail on Ukraine, they're in trouble because uh, Russia still has tremendous industrial strength, industrial power. They've got to do some mobilization and it might cause problems for Vladimir Putin. But the bottom line is they have the potential uh, and much more industrial power than does uh, does Ukraine. So if we stick with them, they're going to be okay. But, you know, Putin's got the thing he was hoping for coming, and that is winter and Winter, you know, you and I have, have chatted about this. The rest of the world is is waiting to see how strong can the allies stay together when prices start to soar and all of a sudden it's cold and he's weaponized winter. I mean, is this is really the next couple months it may not even be whether or not the, the Russians lose a bunch of men. It's, it's can the snow come fast enough to change everything? Mm hmm. Right. And you're seeing now the Germans still have not sent the tanks and the heavy equipment that they've been, they've promised uh, Ukraine as well as some of the other European countries. And it, this is a function of whether or not they will you know, remain with the sanctions. Um, I, I, there, there's reports that Poland and even some from Ukraine are looking to sabotage the Nord Stream pipeline, uh, the one and two, to make sure that Russia can't. Uh, move oil uh, through and gas through that through that pipeline to to Western Europe. So that, that's that's kind of in the offing there as well. Um, and and then again, you look at what what's China going to do? Are they going to sit on the sidelines and watch their client state basically get humiliated by Ukraine and by the rest of of Western Europe? Uh, so I, we're still you know very much at the beginning of what could be this regional conflict will get uh, expanded well into uh, more proxies, more on both sides uh, in order for us to get some kind of resolution. But what, but, but what Ukraine did from a military perspective on the ground, tremendous. And the question is whether that they can hold it or not remains to be seen. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, uh, as he's joined us since the beginning of this thing, even pre-war. Uh, Mike, you talk about China. Uh, the reality is, is, you know, what's their their role in this at all? Because I think they thought, you know, uh, we'll, we'll stand behind you. We don't really have to do anything outside of buying some of your oil. But they're shutting down, you know, more, you know, uh, giant cities. And they're not needing the oil the way that they, a lot of people thought that they were going to. Uh, that's probably not helping them at all. And then, you know, they're having to get stuff mm-hmm. from supposedly North Korea, for God's sakes. Russia is looking at China yeah. probably going, what are you guys doing over here? 
Yeah, it, for whatever reason, they're running out of artillery ammunition, and uh, that's somewhat surprising. I guess probably a lot of it has to do with they thought that the ammunition stores they've been keeping for 20 years were going to be uh, capable, uh, but they obviously are not. And uh, there's reports, again, of them blowing up crews uh, because they put rusted shells in and rusted things uh, on the gun lines that are causing uh, a problem. So you go to you go to North Korea, you've got to go to other places that have kind of the Soviet level, Soviet air equipment. Um, I'm not sure I would take something from North Korea as well, not knowing where those ammo rounds have been stored. Um, from a commerce perspective, though, India is another one that uh, is still going to buy uh, Russian oil, Russian gas. There's a billion people in India as well as China. So they could still provide the money for what Vladimir Putin's trying to do. Uh, and that's where he does have a lot more capability when it comes to spreading this war of attrition out and lasting it, making it go a lot longer. Is the best thing that can happen, uh, I mean, because if he starts conscripting people and he just essentially gets desperate and really starts to conscript, uh, that's the fear that they have, right? Much like with the Russian mothers in, in, in back in Afghanistan's day uh, when they were there, that the mothers had had enough. At some point, you know, because I'm starting to see, you know, I follow a bunch of people on the old YouTube and stuff, and I like to see what they're doing over in Russia, and they're starting to feel it. There's no meat. There is, you know, yeah, they've got potatoes, and they've got noodles, but a lot of that stuff that they've been used to is going away, and they're not believing that this thing is going as well as it is, and they're worried that maybe, hey, Putin's going to start grabbing us next. Yeah, we're seeing kinks in that propaganda wall that he's put up there, and uh, reports are showing from Russian state media that they're even starting to question uh, what, what's going on. One one uh, announcer called it a war the other day, which uh, actually would have been a crime a few months ago because it's still, from their perspective, a special military operation. And and the question is, when does he come to the conclusion that he won't win this uh, in the current state and he's got to make some kind of change, which would mean mobilization, which would mean not just conscripting 100,000, but conscripting a million Russian citizens from all over Mother Russia, from 11 time zones across. And that's where that he runs the risk of not uh, maintaining and controlling the power there. It, it um, you know, we we know that Russia has capability, 160 million people. They have military assets still well inside Ukraine. And um, and so I, I, I think that um, if, from 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 them not to do that means he he's looking to get a solution prior to February 24th because he did control some of those regions in the Donbass. See, you see, Russia politically controlled or had a lot of say in Ukraine government prior to that because those um, legislative representatives from those areas voted the way Russia wanted them to vote. So from their democracy's perspective, so in some ways, Putin owned and controlled a lot of things inside Ukraine without having to do this. And it just obviously proved not to be good enough. He wanted the whole thing, tried to swallow the whole porcupine. And now he's, he's really choking on every quill that's coming up is uh, coming up in the back. Mike Lyons, a military analyst talking about Russia, China, all the nightmare that is going on over there. Uh, flash forward, let's look out 90 days. It's starting to get cooler. Do we see any blinking amongst our allies, people that are helping out, or are they all going to stay steady even though it's going to hurt? I mean, I saw today the Italians are arguing on over what to do on, you know, with noodles and how to, to best, uh, you know, cook them because of the gas shortage. I mean, are we going to start to see real, you know, breaks in this, this, this cohesive, if you will, uh, alliance, or, or are they going to stay steady? 
Yeah, it's possible. It's going to be a function of each individual country's GDP because each individual country is going to act in its own best interest. You start with Germany at the top. Um, I think that you know if they're not going to send their leopard tanks, and we you know which they which we thought they would have been there by now, or the air defense platforms, or some of their artillery pieces in the next in that next ninety days, then we know what their position is. I think uh, France is another one that uh, they they have a concern about the the nuclear uh, facility and making sure that that doesn't go up somehow. Macron got in the phone with Putin on the, over the weekend. They talked about that as well. But I think again, Vladimir Putin just kind of humors that that leader. Um, I think the rest of the European countries are kind of staying together. The ones that that are in NATO, uh, France, uh, or I'm sorry, Sweden, Finland, and Poland, all all the ones that are close to the, to where the battle is. Are all going to stick together? So it's going to really. I think it's going to depend on the Germans and the French uh, as to whether or not that they're going to try to cave or not. And I think there'll be too much pressure from those other European countries that even if they do, they're going to do something, sabotage their capability to get electricity and, and other energy from Russia. Which again, the fact that they outsourced it just just is still beyond the pale to me. Absolutely, Mike Lyons. Always good to talk to you uh, uh, again. He's right on it with all the things that are going on, and you'll have a chance to watch him on CNN as he takes the board and he gets to move all the pieces around. He's playing Risk electronically. Love having you on, Mike. Thanks. Thanks, chatting time. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. It's going to be interesting. Again, once it starts to get cold and everybody starts to go and, and, and do what's for the best interest of their country, as anybody should, the reality is, though, you know, you'll start to get the average person who is totally fine throwing up the flag of the Ukraine on their, their social media post, but prices go up a little bit. It becomes uncomfortable. Eh, that's the, I did the flag thing. Are we not good? Are we not good? Can we, uh, can we, oh, this isn't our war. You're going to hear a lot of that. Well, think about whose war it could be next. I think it's the way you have to look at it. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Did you know my pillow is more than just fantastic pillows. Now my pillows give the same attention to their pillows. They've been their new my pillow percale bed sheets. All right? It is the deal of the year. Queen size, regular price 89.98, now only 39.98 with promo code Benson. It's that simple. Breathable, cool, crisp, durable, built to last. 250 thread count, machine washable, easy care, 6-day money back guarantee. You got queen size, set of two pillowcases, and king size, set of two pillowcases. You will love these. 250 thread count, just so smooth, breathable, and cool when you slide into them. Go to MyPillow.com slash Benson or call 800-983-4975 for deep discounts on the MyPillow Percale bed sheets, queen size regularly. $89.98, now on sale for $39.98. Take advantage of the buy one, get one sale on MyPillow's towels, so much more. MyPillow.com slash Benson. MyPillow.com slash Benson is the sale of the year for the Procale bed sheets. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. Watch well, some NFL this weekend. Bill said, what'd you do this weekend? I said, well, you know, it's off Friday. I had to do a bunch of voiceovers in the morning, so I wasn't off to like one. So I played golf. Saturday, watched lots of college football. Got, watched that Alabama-Texas game. Great game. Even watched uh, SC. Offensively, they're back. I don't know if they could stop anybody. 
But then I was just, hey, you know, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's a little, just a little sampling there of what was to come, which was NFL weekend. Kicked off yesterday in earnest. And I was pumped. Watched a ton of games. Uh, was excited. That Bengals, wacky Bengals game where it was, you know, banged back and forth and they missed an extra point that should have won the game for him. It got blocked because their snapper got hurt. So they brought in a guy that's a tight end to snap and he got it back there as slow as could be. (laughs) The guy almost overran the ball to block the extra point. And then it was just a disaster from there. Uh, it never never looked right, and eventually they got the win. Uh, Watch the awesome end to the Giants game. 20 to 19. Giants going for two. Jones in a shotgun set. Three receivers right. Barkley to the left of Jones. Jones and James in motion. Jones takes the snap. Rolls right. Shovel pass for Barkley. Barkley in for the two point conversion. And that was awesome. Just a, it was a fun day, and then. Uh, uh, watched last night is Tom Brady, who apparently doesn't even need to practice. Comes back and 19 to 3 win. Giants uh, got their win. The Dallas Cowboys look awful. The you know it's just it's just it was great. It was great. I was I was loving it. I it's it's our pastime, right? Like you know they have the Queen in the Premier League in England, and we have football. It's also our religion. It is. It is our religion. There's no doubt about that. Even Phil texted me yesterday, as he does early on, to tell me there's always next year, only to find out his team won. And now that division's a hot mess, so there's a good chance seven wins get you in the playoffs in that division. Something else was interesting, though. How expensive is it to go to an NFL game? You know, Cardi B earlier, right? Talk about if you don't got a Cardi B, how you live, right? Because you need a Cardi B. She's helping everybody out. If you want to go to the cheapest game, that would be here, the Arizona Cardinals. All right? Cheapest tickets. Now, this is times four. So it's a four factor. 169 bucks gets you in. Parking's 15, right? 16 ounce beers, only 16 bucks. Uh, 20 ounce sodas, only 10. A couple hot dogs, 18. Total, with the tickets and everything, $228 to get in to see the game. On the opposite end, the Giants? No. The L.A. Chargers and Rams? No. The 49ers? What? Over $1,000 to go to their game. Ticket prices are the highest. Bucks are second. Here's what's crazy. Las Vegas to park? $100 to park. $100 to park. Holy guacamole. Atlanta Falcons have the cheapest hot dogs, only a couple bucks for the hot dogs. I'm still shocked at $100 to park, though. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. $5.60, too, for a 20-ounce soda Atlanta. Unfortunately, you have to watch the Atlanta Falcons. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Uh, Right now, I currently stand eight wins, six losses, one push because there was a tie. And tonight, I have the Broncos beating the Seahawks. So I should finish nine and six my first week. Not bad. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.